Calling all detectives. Suppose you visited a restaurant, found no menu, no waiters, no customers. Yet you knew it made fabulous profits. What kind of a racket would you look for? That is the problem on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. Even though I, Jerry Browning, have been a private detective for ten years, every now and then I get a case that floors me. Banking Associates Incorporated is a loan company so big that it specializes in lending money only to people who don't need it. Its executive director is Vaughn Ryerson, who has the ingratiating personality of a snake oil salesman, combined with all the kindliness of a bear trap. He said, Close the door! Ryerson leaned back. Here's your assignment, Browning. August Descobier owns a restaurant on Morley Street. His statement shows he's making big money. Wants 70000 to open a downtown branch. Ever eaten his place? Well, no, sir. I never even heard of it. Ryerson said, Neither did I. Till he came in here. Can't imagine how he makes that kind of money. Look into it. Escobier's restaurant was in an outlying section, the first floor of a modest brownstone house. It had no sign. The way I found it was by peering in and noting the tables. There were less than a dozen tables in the place, only two of them occupied. I sat down and waited. About 20 minutes later, a stout middle-aged man walked up to me. You are waiting for somebody? Not somebody, something. I'd like dinner. The man looked perplexed, pulled out a chair, sat down at my table. He said, I am Escobier. There was a long, unhappy silence. Finally, Escobier said, You are hungry, maybe? I said, Yes, I am. Very hungry. Escobier's face lit up. Fine, so am I. He got up. Come, we will go out for dinner together. The head of an industrial loan company hired me to check up on a restaurant owner who offered to take me out for dinner. I said, look, Mr. Escobier, this is supposed to be a restaurant. Don't you serve meals? Escobier said, there is no selection and it takes too long. If you are hungry, come with me. Well, now I've heard everything. Okay, let's go. A tall, important-looking man got out of a sporty-looking convertible that was pulled up in front of the building just as we reached the sidewalk. He called, Hey, Escobier, wait a second. Escobier said, Excuse me a moment. Now, see here, Escobier, don't think you can hold me up. I'll give you 100000 for your place. Take it or leave it. 110000 is my top price. Escobier took my arm. My friend and I are about to dine. It is bad for the digestion to talk business before dinner. And in any case... I do not wish to sell. They'd walked about half a block before I found my tongue. I said, that man, he offered you $110,000 for your dinky restaurant? Escobier smiled. Yes, foolish, isn't it? It isn't foolish, it's insane. Anyway, where are you taking me? Escobier said, to Harry's hamburger. Hamburger's my favorite dish, so easily prepared. I wrenched my arm free. 
Mr. Escobier, I just remembered. I've got important business to attend to. The next morning, I made my report to Ryerson. I said, Escobier's place must be a front for some other kind of business. I can't imagine what. I told Ryerson about the purchase offer I'd overheard. Ryerson frowned. Well, it doesn't seem logical. If he's running an illegal business, how can he expect to get a loan to build a branch restaurant? Ryerson shook his head. I consider this an unsatisfactory report, Browning. Your services are no longer required. I got up. Okay. I never did like working for you anyway. Well, that's one way of alienating people and losing clients. I went back to my office, got out the folder labeled Banking Associates Incorporated, and flung it into the wastebasket. Then I sat down and brooded. The more I thought about Escobier and his weird business, the madder I got. Not because I'd been fired by a well-paying client, but because I couldn't figure out what the thing was all about. Finally, I picked up the phone, dialed the number. Hello, Madge. Jerry Browning. How would you like to have dinner with me tonight? You would? Fine. I'll pick you up about seven. And if we wind up with hamburgers, don't be too surprised. When we entered Escobier's place, it looked much like the night before, except that tonight only one table was occupied. Two women were sitting alone at it, though it was set for four, and there were four cocktails on the table. Neither the women's escorts nor Escobier were any place in sight. I said to Madge, honey, there's something funny going on. You stay here while I look around. If you hear any peculiar noises, run out and holler for cops. I walked back towards swinging doors that obviously led into the kitchen and entered a kitchen straight out of a chef's dream of paradise. There were six spotless small ranges set against a wall. There were tables with burnished steel tops all set with an array of carving tools and cooking gadgets. On the walls hung scores of pots, pans, skillets, racks, utensils of every size and shape, all gleaming steel and aluminum, all spotlessly clean. On the other wall, there was a huge icebox with glass doors. And inside it, steaks, chops, thrust-up chickens, turkeys, roasts, sections of ribs, all arranged with an artist's eye for pattern. Two men were working with grim concentration, each at a range, each in a white apron and tall chef's cap. And sitting in a corner, reading a magazine, was a Scobier. He glanced up, recognized me. Oh, you are not so hungry tonight. You have decided to cook your own dinner? I took another look around. The two engrossed men at the ranges, at a Scobier's twinkling eyes. So that's what it is. You let amateur cooks come in here and prepare their own meals. Escobier smiled. For a price. Uh, it is of necessity a high price. There is so much uh, experimentation. I licked my lips. Oh, brother. I always did want to try a souffle, and this is my big chance. Escobier said, Yes, and no dishes to wash. That I do. Well... That's all there was to the mystery of Escobier's success. He capitalized on every man's secret belief that he can cook rings around any woman, given everything he needs, plus a free hand. It cost me a client to find it out, but it's a loss I've never minded. Like I said, man can't live by bread alone, but if it's bread he baked himself, 
is generally willing to try. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective. 